Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you change your perspective. I'll also be interviewing lifestyle and motivational coach, Chad E. Cooper, who reviews his book, Time Isn't the Problem, You Are, Four Strategies to Transform Stress into Success. This phenomenal book will help you reanalyze your life to help you find your passion. To find out more information about Chad and to purchase his book, please visit chadecooper.com forward slash challenge or simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. A man came across three masons who were working at chipping chunks of granite from large blocks. The first seemed unhappy at his job, chipping away and frequently looking at his watch. When the man asked what it was that he was doing, the first mason responded rather curtly, I'm hammering this stupid rock and I can't wait until 5 p.m. until I can go home. A second mason, seemingly more interested in his work, was hammering diligently, and when asked what it was he was doing, answered, well, I'm molding this block of rock so that it can be used with others to construct a wall. It's not bad work, but I'll be sure glad when it's done. A third mason was hammering at his block fervently, taking time to stand back and admire his work. He chipped off small pieces of rock until he was satisfied that it was the best that he could do. When he was questioned about his work, he stopped, gazed skyward, and proudly proclaimed, I'm building a cathedral. Now there were three men with three different perspectives, all doing the same job. What's your perspective? Changing your perspective. Your perspective determines how successful you're going to be at something. Yes, you may complete the task, but it doesn't mean you enjoyed it or you learned something from it. In previous episodes, I've discussed how our thoughts impact us. For example, in psychology, we discuss how your thoughts, or in other words, your perspective, determines what your feelings are. Your feelings then tell your body what to do. So anytime you're going to start something or do anything in life, if your thoughts, or in other words, your perspective is skewed, or you're really not looking forward to doing it, then it's all of a sudden going to create anxiety, frustration, anger, and stress in your life. And that's going to manifest itself while you're doing the action or internally in your body. For example, your blood pressure could go up, your heart rate could increase, and many other ways in which it could physiologically affect you. So that means how you perceive something determines how well you're going to do it. When you think about the word choices you use, or in other words, just even the thoughts you have, how truthful are the words you think to the situation? For example, if you say, I hate something, well, do you really hate it or do you dislike it? Or another thought may be, that makes me sick, or that's going to kill me, I can't stand that person. Those particular thoughts automatically create the foundation for you not to enjoy whatever it is you're going to do. When you change your perspective, in other words, your thoughts on any of those situations, it helps you successfully accomplish whatever it is you're going to do. 
Think about it. We only have so much energy per day. If you're going to do everything in that day with a negative perspective, well, all those energy points are now used to pull yourself out of that frustration or that anxiety. So when you have a different perspective, you have a surplus of energy points at the end of the day to do whatever it is you like to do. Have you ever heard people say, I need this in order to be happy? When we create so much power in that particular thought, we all of a sudden think, if I don't have it, then I will not be happy. The subtlety of our words and our thoughts determine how powerful those thoughts will be in our life. Now, if you were to simply say, I want that in order to be happy, Well, that's totally different. That's not a need. Now, granted, that may sound like semantics, but there's power behind the thoughts we have. There's power behind the word choices we have. So remember, your thoughts, in other words, your perspective, determines how you feel. How you feel determines how your body responds to that. So the more contentious, or in other words, the more negative your perspective is every time you do something, the more difficult it is going to be at the end of the day because you're going to be burnt out. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be overwhelmed. Sometimes we think about life as black and white. It's either this or it's that. For example, we've all heard the analogy of the glass is half full, and that's very black and white. It's either half full or it's half empty. But the reality is it's always full. It may be full of air or full of water, but regardless of what it's filled with, it's full. So when you think of this in a different way, your life does not have to be, I love it or I hate it. You get to determine all the different options you have to successfully accomplish whatever it is you need to do. And the more successful you are at accomplishing your tasks, the more fulfilled your life is. I have a phenomenal guest today, Chad E. Cooper. He's going to be reviewing his book, Time Isn't the Problem, You Are. He gives you four strategies to turn stress into success. I wanted to give you a little bit of a foundational aspect of how to understand your perspective. So when he explains his four strategies, it will help you really learn this lesson. Remember how you perceive something, or in other words, your thoughts about it, determines your success. Chad E. Cooper is the author of Time Isn't the Problem, You Are, Four Strategies to Transform Stress into Success. He is a lifestyle coach leading a life by example. He retired at 35 years old and he coaches and mentors across several fields in order to inspire others to grasp their dreams and execute them with passion. Welcome to my show, Chad. I am loving your show and can't wait to dig in to help our audience today. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm really, I'm really honored that you would be a guest on my show today. I know you've done so many amazing things. You retired at the age of 35. How in the world did you do that? Well, I could tell you I was in the cartel or in the mafia, but that <laughs> would be a different story and a total fiction. Uh, the reality is I learned to save first and spend what was left over. Now, to do that, meant that I had to be educated, had to excel and put myself in a position where you're making enough discretionary income that you have that ability to be able to put money Mm -hmm. aside. But the reality is, is I retired from Microsoft and the stocks didn't didn't hurt, but it wasn't the the story of, oh, you were part of the dot-com big pieces. It was really about keeping things simple, save first, spend what's left and being really good at what I did. Mm. And unfortunately, many people don't do that. You know, of course, they get their, their paycheck or different types of income that, that they generate and they want to buy the next thing or the next biggest toy. And I think that's such a hard lesson for many people is the saving component way before the toys and all the luxury that goes along with it. Oh, it was it was incredibly difficult because my friends, I mean, we were in the, the dot com boom but my friends were building 10,000 you know, plus square foot homes, buying Ferraris and Lotus Esprit's cash same day. And yeah. Oh my I'd gosh, get, wow. I get teased, <laughs> I get poked at, you know, hey, you should build a bigger house. And I'm like, no, this is good. Is I lived mm-hmm. within what I felt were my means. And I retired when the Great Recession was at our footsteps. 
It didn't mm. require a lot to be able to see it, James. You could actually see what was coming if you knew what to look for. And I made the decision to walk away to retire anyway because I could afford to do that. So when sure. you're in that position and you say, what if a storm hits, then and you, your answer is I'm solid, then you're in a great position to have choices versus having society or your boss or the economy make decisions for you and you have to live in that the effect of those decisions. And not only that, but also you become very reactionary as well in the sense of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And then we spend more, do more, all these different types of things and we lose sight of the choices that we do have. Exactly, which is really a large part of what the premise of the book, Time Isn't the Problem You Are, is, is kind of a little pun, a little kind of making fun of yourself. You can't find some humor in seeing, in some truth in seeing that you are part of the problem. The great part is, is that you're also the prescription to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's really about a whole issue about balance is just buying more things. I mean, I've worked with billionaires, multimillionaires, professional athletes, celebrities, Olympians, and you get to a point, Tom Brady, I think said it best when he, he won his fourth Super Bowl ring. And he says, I'm the guy that's got four Super Bowl rings. Tell me that this isn't all there is. So I've had the luxury Mm. to work with some of of the greatest people in this world and hear them repeatedly say, this isn't charging my batteries. I thought this was supposed to be the promise. Once I achieved X, Y, and Z, then I'd be happy only to get there and go, well, this isn't working. And so I said, I'm going to avoid that whole game. And I figured Mm -hmm. out work backwards. So when I retired, my retirement was a short-lived, short-lived journey, shall we say. (laughs) because what we most subscribe to what people think, Oh, you're, you're not retired. You're not sitting on the couch eating bonbons or sitting on the golf course. And my closest friends were the ones that were challenging me constantly. I said, look, do you want to go on the golf course every day? They're like, no, I hate golf. I said, then why are you putting expectations (laughs) on me? I said, my definition of retirement is really probably the same as yours. And that's being able to do what I want to do on my term. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I looked at people, there was a great, great interview with Bill Gates and Warren Buffett uh, through Charlie Rose. And Warren Buffett said something very profound. This was, I think, January of 2017. He says, I'm the guy that can buy anything in the world, but I can't buy another hour of time. Ah. And I realized that at a very young age and said, if we're all given 168 hours a week, it's one week's worth of time, how we spend it is what separates us. And so I learned how to master how I use my time. Well, I think that's such a profound statement in the sense of, well, it's profound. It's, it's very logical, but many people think, oh, you know, just like your book says, I don't have the time for this or, or life is too stressful. I've been working with some people myself who that's their constant thing that they say is life. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for a five minute, you know, whatever it may be. The reality is we all have time. It's just what, what do you, how do you, <laughs> what's the priority in your life? So I would love to let, I'd love to really delve into the synopsis of your book itself. Time isn't the problem you are. So the four strategies, and of course we won't go into all the details because of course I want them to purchase <laughs> your book, but can you give us a little bit of insight as far as why some of the struggles are that people think that they just don't have the time? Sure. So the biggest, the biggest challenge with that and the opening part of the book really hits the nail on the head. And that is is in the first strategies. There's four strategies to time isn't the problem you are. It's kind of why it says four strategies in the subtitle. (laughs) 
I try to keep it simple. But <laughs> if we looked at that like four four legs on a stool, the first in that is language matters. And so we can look at what people do. Now, the majority of people get up, they go to work, they have a house, a car, et cetera. So most of us have the same kind of vehicles, a vehicle being something that we're doing or trying to achieve to meet one or more of our needs so that Mm -hmm. we're happy, so we feel a certain way. And what I really looked at is what is the language doing to either bring joy or suffering into our life? And that's where I go into the balance. And at the end of the day, you can have a career. Personally, I don't want a job. I don't want a career. Mm -hmm. I want to serve my calling. I think all of us want to know our purpose. But the reality is, is we can take that very same vehicle, that job that we go to, for example. And the key is to know what charges your batteries. Are the things that you're filling your calendar with, things that you view as, I have to do this or I get to. So the reframe in your thoughts determines the success. Correct. Mm -hmm. And the big piece for me was really trying to work with people who would come to me again and again and again and say, I need to know my purpose. And what I discovered is your purpose isn't a thing. And so for our audience members listening, if free, just one thing you can do, if you really want to shift your life and the impact that you have and the joy you get this week, think about two or three of the happiest moments that you've had in your life. You don't have to evaluate, well, this one was better than this one. If you mm-hmm. haven't got a lot, awesome. But just think of hmm. as much detail specifically including as much emotion and feeling about that experience. And when you do that a number of times and you circle all the feelings and emotions, what you'll actually find are repeating words, what your purpose is. See, your purpose isn't a thing. Your purpose is a feeling. And if we can create vehicles to recreate or continue generating those emotions, those feelings, then we call that happiness. You know, it's so interesting that you say this, Chad, is because I usually take it from a different standpoint in the sense of the core beliefs that we have about ourselves is usually the words or the phrases that come up when we we struggle over something or maybe, maybe make a mistake of some sort. Some people will be like, I'm so stupid or what is wrong with you? And that's usually the core templates that were created when we were kids. But I'm loving this new version of that, that we can obviously retool that. But when you really focus on those things in your life that went really well, of course, just like a, um, like a coin, the, close, the closer the coin is to your eye, that's all you're going to see. And so as you're really yes. training the people to look for those joyous times and events and moments, and the closer you, you see that and you really analyze that, that gives you this whole new framework that many people just don't even see. So this is amazing technique. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. So sh- can I give you an example of yes, how please. that can play out? Mm-hmm. So we know most people, when we say the word workout, they're like, Ugh, right? <laughs> you hear the moans and groans. Now, I love to work out, and I know I'm kind of a freak that way. <laughs> but we can take a simple word like workout, and if we looked at it from an energy point of view or what people think about it, it's neutral at best, but often has a negative connotation to mm-hmm. it. And what we really want, we don't want to work out. What we want is the result of that. So What I do is I have a very specific process that I take people through, and that is is first, discover your purpose. What are those core values, the emotions and feelings? Then we take those and insert them into the subject line for the thing that you're getting ready to do. Now, many 
people are soccer moms or CEO household people or, you know, dads and moms at work that drop their kids off at school. Uh-huh. So the question is, is, is your calendar filled with items like drop kids off at soccer practice or music practice or drop the kids off at school versus what is it that you really want? Many parents feel guilty they don't have enough time with their kids, yet when they have the opportunity, they squander it. So my calendar literally says when I take my son to school, I've had that privilege since he was in, in before he was in preschool and I took him every single day. In fact, he just started back up school yesterday. Great day for me. (laughs) 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 And my calendar says I have safely traveled, spending quality one-on-one time transporting my son to a great day at school. Now there's three premises. Sure. One is I've spent quality time. So how many of us have an opportunity where when we're in the vehicle, we're returning a phone call or listening to voicemail and our children are in the backseat tuned out to a smart tablet or smartphone or some kind of screen device. And we miss the opportunity to connect with them. Leaving on time means that I've left on time. So I'm not giving colorful hand gestures to people <laughs> because I'm crunch for time or there's construction or congestion or traffic or whatever. And it's setting the stage. It's the same vehicle. I'm doing the same thing, but the meaning I've given to it is completely transformed because I'm serving my purpose in the process. And that's, that's once again, that's very liberating because many people don't realize that there are so many missed opportunities that we have in everything we do. And, and when that happens, of course, we're not going to live a life that's fulfilled at all. We're simply going on autopilot or we don't realize that the ability to, I don't want to say live in the moment per se, but that, that ability to really holistically take part of something, which it's lost because we're so caught up in our internal self or caught up in our electronics, et cetera. So I, I really like the reframe that you use in everything you do because that gives, that puts you in charge of it as opposed to you being the product of what the situation tells you you should do or should, how you should be. Exactly. It helps you become the cause of your future rather than living in the effect of other people's decisions. Mm-hmm. Because once again, that when we think that, we think we don't have any choices and when we feel like we don't have any choices in life, then that's where we become resentful. That's where we don't enjoy the things in our life. And then all of a sudden our life turn, takes this downward spiral of emotions or of, of many different things that we wanted to do. We feel like we no longer can do it because once again, we feel like we have no choices. So these are it. small things that you're using really helps people internally or intrinsically make that change of saying, I have so many more options. I, I, if whether it's spending time with my child, whether it's uh, walking to the gym, if you will, or whether it's doing all these different things, I can be in charge of that based on the reframe or how I'm going to view this differently because it's who I want to be or what I want to do as opposed to I have to do it. Yes. So once we have that, then it's about really understanding, okay, I know what actually charges my batteries. So then it's about how do I actually schedule that in? So for me, it's about having, you know, coffee time or guy time, being able to just go and hang out with one or two people max. I'm the guy that can be on stage with 3,000, 5,000 people, and I will go rock that stage. But once I'm off the stage, man, I do not want to go to a large party. I do not like (laughs) those big events. Most people, and a lot of people don't realize people who are on stage in reality are introverted. Yes, we are. (laughs) And so- it's like, I'll go out and do that. And when I come back, what charges me is just be able to go and hang with some people that I can just be me, go and do a workout four times a week, being able to have quality time with, you know, my spouse and, and, and my, my son 
be able to have play time. So it's about being able to say, here's what recharges my batteries. Now, how do I make sure that I fit that in? And how do I make sure that I'm still responsible? Sure. Now, how, what would be some ways that people could figure out how that, that recharging component though? Well, that comes back to your purpose. Okay. So the more that you can sit down and say, here are some past memories. And I've just found there's, there's a number of ways for people to discover their purpose. There's a number of templates and techniques. Mm-hmm. The simplest and most effective that I've, I've found is to go in your past. Mm-hmm. Yes. Think about those happy moments. The data you have, yes. And really sit down and come up with what were the feelings and, and emotions that went with them. Then we can look at what are vehicles that actually allow you to experience those feelings mm-hmm. again. So for me, I love to be able to connect with my family. I love to be outdoors. I love adventure. I love to be able to discover new things. And I love to be able to actually do things that help other people. So that's why I take my family and I have a foundation in Guatemala. And we go and and build teams and do missionary work. Now, I also need... That's great. So that recharges my battery and hits multiple emotions. But I also just came back from the Arctic Circle and did all of Alaska and and came down the, the coast. And that was just kind of quality family time. And so it's about being able to say, okay, here's a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Is that going to move me closer to the feelings I want or move me further away? So when you look at workout, if we transform what workout means, maybe it's going and spending some, you know, enjoyable time with your girlfriends or your boy, you know, your, your guy friends. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is about being able to do it for charity and raise funds to go do you know, a half marathon or a 10K or something that makes it about more than just you. See, when we can sprinkle those in, it transforms that vehicle and completely transforms the meaning that we experience. Yes. One simple thought, one small change can make a huge shift in our life. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that, this, is, this is really good. I, I think this is really going to inspire and, and help my listeners uh, to really make some of these small shifts, which is going to help them live a life that's much more fulfilled. Yeah, I found that instead of, of saying, you know, we should have less goals or, or things need to be simpler, there's kind of two sides of the equation. There's the, for lack of better phrase, and don't mean to offend anybody, but there, you know, what I commonly hear is there's the woo-woo spiritual side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's the material side. And people think, oh, in order for me to be complete, I need to be all spiritual and give up the material. Or in order for me to really feel balanced and complete, I need to give up all my material and become more spiritual. And I say it's not an or conversation. No, it's It's not. an and conversation. Mm-hmm. And so how do we do that and integrate these other pieces? So at the really at the end of the day, it's really about changing the way goals are achieved. We've been told, give up a huge chunk of your life, take resources from other areas of your life and, and build your career at the expense of your relationships, your health, your finances. Exactly. Only to get there and go, wait a minute, this wasn't what I wanted. So this is really about cracking the formula to, is this all there is? Yeah, I really like this holistic approach. And one of the things I do uh, with Lifeology is I talk about the symmetrical living. In other words, all areas of your life being in, in pretty much, I guess, in symmetry, if you will, in equilibrium. Learning how to balance that to such a degree where it's your live a life that's fulfilled as opposed to a life that's unbalanced or a life that's top heavy. You know, if you're too spiritual, you know, like you said, it's too woo woo, if you will, but yet you, you know, you're not doing your basic uh, responsibilities each day. Well, obviously that's unbalanced. Or if you're, you're working uh, too much, but you don't have that time of quietude and reflection, 
well, then your life is going to be unbalanced. So learning how to really figure that out for yourself and kind of navigate that symmetrical living to figure out how that works specifically for you. Your version is going to be different than mine. My version is going to be different from other people's as well. But learning how to really balance that together to create a life that's really fulfilled. And it sounds like this is another amazing technique, how my listeners can really use that as well to have that symmetrical living. Correct. So I've, I've actually been able to witness and I've had the privilege to work with a number of Olympians as an example. Oh, that's great. And one of the things that I've, I've learned about Olympians, they're extraordinary people. But what I found is that they subscribe, and I'll give another example after this to everyday people. But Olympians gave me like a, a compressed mm-hmm. understanding of what goes on with human beings. See, 97% of the world will get to some point in their life where they have to choose the next thing that's standing in my way to get to the next level of my life, be that business, health, finances. It looks like a challenge. This, this roadblock is a challenge. Either I can take my foot off the gas and just start drifting or kind of decline for the next several decades. Oh, I'm getting old. You know, I need to slow down my health, this and that. Or I can learn how to change how my goals are achieved and actually continue to keep my foot on the gas and charge my batteries in the process. Because I watched Olympians work their entire life Mm -hmm. or their entire youth. Most Olympians are very young, especially when they get started. And they peak, they get their gold medal in their teens to early 20s. You're not going to see a whole lot of Olympians in their 30s or beyond. (laughs) So they work their entire youth off. And most really, believe it or not, don't enjoy the journey because it's just all that they do. It's all that they become. Mm -hmm. And so then they become a gold medalist and they resent the process because they probably didn't have time to go get a college degree. They can't monetize their achievement for the vast majority. Mm. And they resent that it's primarily all that they are. That's all that people see them as. Identity, sure. So they don't want to be defined only by being a gold medalist, but they don't have anything else that they can pivot towards and thrive. And we do that as ordinary people every day as well. So take that as somebody who chooses a career or building their entrepreneurial enterprise. And as a result, their kids fall prey to drugs and it's too late. You know, you, they, they end up divorced because they're never home or the health goes into, into the gutter yeah. because they've been spending all of that just trying to build their empire. Well, you can't just go give a hug and drop everything to support repairing the damage that happened to your children. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. It's not that fast. And it's not even necessary that you can recover at all from that. So you spend up all, you end up spending all your finances to recover your health or your relationships, which are now at the expense of your business or career success. And that's really the Dalai Lama said that best. And so what I learned is how do you do this and still have the ability to pivot? So you don't get to the point where you go, I put everything in this, in this basket and I can't pivot to something else. And that's, that's something that I've excelled in, whether I was in the Marine Corps as regimental Marine, whether I retired at 35, whether I went out and got my SEC licenses after, whether I was the, one of the, the top coaches for the number one coaching organization in the world. It doesn't matter what I've done, you know, major sponsored Ironman triathlete. I've shown what seem to be disconnected things is the ability to actually pivot, but excel in each of those at the same time. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle because they have that end or mentality. Like you said earlier, if I'm doing everything I can for my career and then think, oh, now I've got to give everything up and, and help my child, that's that end or mentality. So you've taken this conceptually 
and you figured out for yourself uh, that using the, using your four strategies of how everything you do, because you're the common denominator, how you can move that and interweave all that together. And so it's not an and or mentality. It is a, I am mentality. Everything you do. I get to. Mm -hmm. Yes. So each of those things that I've done, many people would look at it and go, oh my gosh, just one of those. And now I can say that because I've, I applied for the Guinness World Book of Records of the most, most accomplished bucket list items. Oh, wow. But they said, this is too subjective. We can't agree what are the most popular bucket list mm. items, but hey, way to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I've accomplished a lot and it's not all me. What I've actually done is understood the gifts that God gave me mm-hmm. and had the courage to actually play the hand that I was given. And that's one of the things where the struggle that many people don't realize is all the amazing gifts that are inside of them. Yeah. Chad, it has been such a pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and find out where they can purchase your book, Time Isn't the Problem, you are Four Strategies to Transform Stress into Success. Where may they find all this information online? Well, James, I appreciate that. And I will tell you, I have a great gift for them. Uh-huh. If they go out and they purchase the book, they can buy it anywhere that they want. I actually have a special limited time offer where if you buy the book as a bonus, you're going to receive a complimentary, complimentary, that's a big word, <laughs> complimentary membership into my new coaching program, the five-day legendary lifestyle challenge. All you have to do is go to my website, www. Why did we say that? Because everybody knows that. Just go know, to right? chad, chadecooper.com, chadecooper.com forward slash challenge. You put in your name and your book purchase receipt, and it will automatically email you and give you access to the five-day challenge. And what that will do is help you see, do I have a foundation to begin the process to create my version of a legendary lifestyle? Because I believe everybody's lifestyle is legendary by their own standards, not by mine or society's. Great, Chad. So what I'm going to do is I'm also going to put your book on my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com. So if my listeners aren't able to find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or are not able to remember Chad's website, simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and you can see Chad's book there in my storefront. Thank you, Chad, once again for being a guest in my show today. I really appreciate your time. Much appreciated. Had a great time. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever port you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.